Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. The coronavirus continues to be a concern for a lot of people. And, and you know, something that we've been mentioning is, can you trust the information coming out of China? I, I, I got to tell you, and I think this is another way to say it. I, I saw a uh, an official from the World Health Organization. Who? Say, how big is the iceberg? Like, we don't know. We don't know how big the iceberg is. But you may have noticed that the number of cases jumped pretty dramatically. They're now seeing... Like overnight. 60,000 people. 1,300 deaths? Is that what it is? 1,369 people have died. 60,000 now, quote, sickened. 15,000 new cases suddenly. And they said, here's why. They've changed the way, this is China specific, they've changed the way they tabulate the numbers. Okay. So now a clinically diagnosed case of coronavirus counts towards a confirmed case. Previously, like your initial... Uh, um, what do you mean by clinically diagnosed? Exactly. You're, the, the initial doctor or whatever says, yeah, I think you have it, is not the same as a confirmed case after you go through a variety of different tests and whatnot. So they're basically just trying to get ahead of it. The way I read it is, let's not let these people that we think have coronavirus, but we haven't absolutely confirmed it. Let's just go ahead and put them in the confirmed thing, because if we let them wander around, this thing continues to spread. And that brings up a whole ethical dilemma. Well, yeah. I mean, when we're talking about ethics in China versus ethics in the United States, a... we're, we're talking, you know, we're comparing apples to oranges. We're grading there. on a curve. Absolutely, we are. <laughs> so let's take it out of both countries and put it on a cruise ship, Ooh. because that is really where the ethical dilemma of what's happening with the people being quarantined is really playing out in, in, in true time, real time. You've got this cruise ship, right, that has several thousands people on it mm-hmm. that is being quarantined until February 19th. Now, you may have heard that some folks are, are, are now coming off that ship. Yes. As for the people on this cruise ship, starting tomorrow, authorities are saying that certain high-risk passengers will be able to come off that boat and finish their quarantine on shore. Okay, high-risk. I would assume they may need some additional medical attention. Then maybe you're not getting on board the boat. Right. Okay. But, but what okay. about the... Other folks that are still on the boat. And precisely, what about the crew that's on the boat? Hmm. Because they are still working right now. They're not necessarily being quarantined away from these sick passengers. If you're stuck in a cabin on a cruise ship and you're not supposed to leave, and you've got people posted at the end of the hallways to make sure that no one's you know leaving their cabins. Get back in your room! Who's bringing you food? Oh. How are you getting water? Toilet and- paper? I mean, somebody has to do those things. They're delivering it to your room. So when you're actually just talking about, like, quarantine people in the United States, we would look at that. And there's really um, an attack on your personal freedoms at that point in time. Would we be able to do something similar? Taking it off a cruise ship and and putting it in the United States? Well, we are to a certain degree. When you take uh, people, Americans, out of Wuhan and you bring them back to the United States, they're being quarantined on military bases. Yeah, but think about this. We we had the entire city of Wuhan where they shut down the buses, the trains, the roads, no flights in or out. They basically quarantined a city. And Mm -hmm. we talked about, you know, can can you imagine trying to do that to an American city where basically you have to on some level go on the honor system 
that you are going to self-quarantine yourself. I mean, okay, we don't even have to think about New York City. Just look at ASU, for instance. We had a confirmed case of coronavirus down there. We don't know, I say down there, in Tempe. Tempe. We we don't know what the relationship was to the individual, to the university. They just said it was a member of the ASU community, so it could have been staff member, faculty member, student. I don't know what it was, but... They were self-quarantined. They weren't supposed to leave. They didn't live in, in um, student, student housing, so I would assume an apartment. Right, okay. and they were just told, don't leave. Don't leave. Who's monitoring that? That's the, but that's what I'm saying. That's the honor system, right? So Okay, so since it is the honor system, though, how far... I don't want to say the university, you know, is it Tempe police? I mean, like, how far does yeah. the state go to enforce the restriction? Exactly. Exactly. And, in and, this if, country, and if they violate the restriction, what's the punishment? What do you do? I, These are the ethical dilemmas. I, I hear you. That hopefully we don't really have to ponder because they're being done in this country. We have more cases. And when I say more, I think we're at like 16, 14 or 16 right now. But this is the this is the plot of the scary movies. This is the plot of these epidemic pandemic movies, which is how do you control a population and prevent them from infecting or spreading a disease to everyone else in a country like the United States where you what are you going to do? You have to go to your house and stay there. I don't want to. (laughs) Now what? Get, better get a judge's order. You know, you know, like, how are you going to be an American? Right. Yeah. But I, I think about it. In China, they tell you to go home. I, I, there's a implied threat if you leave, right? Well, I mean, they've got drones. Remember that creepy oh, drone my that God. started yelling at an, an, at an old lady to go back home and put a mask on? She's like, what the heck is yeah. going on here? Yelling at China, old lady. China's a different beast than you know, the United States. But Fair. you could see how the, these questions become relevant as the number of cases increase, as the number of deaths increase, and the concern about what would transpire here in the United States. Not that it's reality quite yet, but it's definitely worth examining because you have these cruise ships. You have these cruise ships where, you know, you, let's say you have a passenger, one passenger one. who becomes sick. Okay, What do you do with all the other healthy the passengers? The other 3,000 people on board. The thousands uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, of, of passengers who are on board who are healthy. Who, who have If no you decide symptoms? to keep the passengers on board... Again, who brings them the food? Who brings them water? Who brings them ice? Who br- who brings them whatever it may but be? But you can understand where I would have a so so. Let me play this out. I don't know what what rights you give up, and when you're in international waters on a cruise ship or something, I'm sure there's some sort of like marine law that goes into this. But what do you do if Princess Cruise Lines Pamela says you can't leave the ship? And you say, I'm leaving the ship. I am I am removing myself from this, you refer to it as a floating Petri dish. Yeah, it's gross. How are you going to stop me from doing it? Under what authority? The Princess Cruise Lines law? I would just say that that, Norwegian cruise line? that plan yeah. that, that you've just kind of hatched in your mind. I did. Like making a run for it. Well, I'm going to jump First over the off, side where, and swim. Where are you going to make a run Super for? Super good swimmer. Yeah, not going to happen. Yeah. The fall alone isn't going to uh, bode well for can you. I, can, I, can I lower one of the but rescue boats? But that's part of the reasons why it took so long for them to even find a port. To dock in. Which is why they're in Cambodia now. No, is, this one isn't in Cambodia. No, that's a different one. Yeah, that's an entirely different I was ship. Like, yeah, they, 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 I was like, are there uh, cruises to Cambodia normally? 
There, there is a, a different cruise ship, an entirely different cruise ship with Holland cruise. America. Oh, that's a Holland that, America one. Uh, I get my cruise ships that are infected with I coronavirus know. confused. From, um, there were three passengers who had sailed on the vessel earlier who were confirmed to have the virus. Mm-hmm. But everybody who's currently on the ship is clean. Right. Okay. But nobody wanted the ship. Right. They, well, nobody would let the ship show they, up. They were denied entry at five different ports. Cambodia doesn't read the news and just said, yeah, sure. You guys want to park? No problem. Man, Come on this. in. So would you go on, if you had a cruise no. that was scheduled and booked right now, would you go on it? Good question. And, and okay, and, and play along with me here. And I, I had somebody that works for one of the cruise lines send me a, 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 an email that said, we're freaking out right now. And I sent them a bunch of questions they didn't get back to me. Okay. So maybe they just can't answer them. But... Is this impacting cruises in the Caribbean? Yes. So it's it's not just cruises. I would, I would assume so. I'm not saying that definitively. I in would assume. Asia or in that region. San Diego. Is, I think you can get a cruise yeah. ship there. Or, yeah. So it's it's any boat anywhere. Well, I have a friend who okay. has a cruise slated and I think it's two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. With the entire family, the entire family Whole has never gone on going. a cruise before. Right? And, and Where are they still, going? They're still going. They're going down to Mexico. They're going out okay. of uh, California down to Mex for a couple of days. Could I think be. it's a spring break kind of thing, maybe. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And they're still going to go. They're still going. And and I'm sure it's having an impact on, on the cruise industry, but I think that it's probably less of an impact here in the United States because we haven't had a situation of a cruise ship down in the Caribbean. We haven't had a situation. Mexico. Or Hawaii, or things along those lines. Right. Again, these are these are situations that have been impacting people in far off lands. But you start getting one here in the Caribbean, or, or something that you know, a, a cruise that took out off out of uh, Miami. Yeah, that's going to have a profound impact. Just had an idea. Oh, is that the light bulb I see it's over your smoke head? Smoke that you smell right here. Yeah, I'm used to that smell. I bet you could get some smoking deals on cruises right now. Certain parts of the world, you get a smoking deal. See, that's the thing. There's always what, you know. It's like an adventure. It's an adventure cruise. It's seizing the opportunity. You don't know when you're going to come back to port. You don't know if you're going to be exposed to the coronavirus. And if you do make it back to port, you may end up in a place like Cambodia. Maybe this, maybe this, this passenger right here will uh, help you make that choice as to whether or not you want to take advantage of the low cost cruise deals out there. Every day is just um, waiting to hear more bad news. That's ultimately what it feels like, that you're just waiting on the ship of doom. Hey, ship of doom. <laughs> Go book that cruise. I, I, I have a thinking suspicion that's not what they're gonna they're gonna repaint the uh, the stern. You know, the ship of doom. The princess ship of doom. Come book us on the ship of doom. I'm I'm swear. I think there's probably some smoking deals. That's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna look into it, Pamela. You've convinced me to go on a cruise now. A true adventure cruise where you it's like pick your own ending, but you don't know the ending. Now I'm interested. Uh, impeachment has been done for about a week now, but will. And should Congress continue to investigate? It's a debate going on. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. So whether it's meddling with the Department of Justice or uh, firing, walking people out of the White House, threatening their government careers, as Trump goes down his enemies list and exacts revenge... The question is, should the Congress and judicial system in this sense 
still attempt to rein him in in some way, shape, or form? Or do we already know how it is going to end, like with impeachment, where it went almost completely to script, save Mitt Romney, right? Um, And if you already know it's a foregone conclusion, why do you continue to, quote, fight this battle? And I think the D's are struggling with that right now. Like, do you continue to say, all right, this is a bridge too far. Okay, this is an abuse of power. Okay, this is not how it should happen. We're going to hold a hearing, an investigation, whatever it is. Or, like, I I don't want to put words in your mouth, Pamela. You're just going to roll your eyes and go, here we go again. Yeah, you know, I I think that both parties are hurting this country in in ways we can't even imagine and we'll only be able to see the damage that is done in hindsight. So we got to get through this right now. But what does it look like on the other side is anybody's guess. I have to admit that, yeah, I do a bit of the eye rolling when you find out that, you know, the House wants to investigate the president getting involved, apparently, with the uh, lessening the sentence of his friend Roger Stone. I don't think that's an apparently, is there? He tweeted it. I mean, well, yeah, but you've, in all reality, like I've, the DOJ is saying the president didn't say this, that the prosecutors in this federal case didn't run the sentencing guidelines past them. And so they went out on their own. So but that's the problem here, Bruce. I mean, I think you just kind of highlighted an issue that I'm not the only one struggling with. And that is, what do you believe and who do you believe and what's true and what's not? Well, and that's part of the problem. What's the full it? story? Because yeah. I know I'm not getting the full story from CNN. I know I'm not getting the full story from Fox news i know that like anywhere you go online to try to be educated and well informed there's a slant and frankly that's annoying but i think the bigger issue is where does this end Hmm. and what do we look like on the other side of it you heard this morning that uh john kelly the former chief of staff is I think finally finding his voice. Where has it been mm. the last couple of years? He adamantly defends Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, who was just booted from the White House, reassigned in the wake of his testimony on impeachment against President Trump. Kelly says that the president's call to investigate Biden was, quote, tantamount to an illegal order. Where, where was that three weeks ago, yeah. four weeks ago during the impeachment trial. Not that I think that it would have even made a difference. What does that say? Well, and and, and predictably, Trump is now attacking him. And again, a decorated, you know, war hero, a a public servant his entire life who Trump hired is now persona non grata and, you know, uh, call him a bunch of names. But the Department of Justice has historically been uh, apolitical. They, they they are involved well, with the crimes. Law, the law is the law to a certain extent, right? And it's not for your political benefit. Should but the president when you have get the- involved in dictating the sentence for someone who has been convicted in court? No. President Trump gave a big thank you to the Justice Department for overruling federal prosecutors who were seeking a stiff sentence for his longtime friend and political mentor, Roger Stone. I want to thank the Justice Department for seeing this this horrible thing. And I didn't speak to him, by the way, just so you understand. They saw the horribleness of a nine-year sentence for doing nothing. Actually, Roger Stone was convicted last year of five counts of lying to Congress, witness tampering, and obstruction of a congressional investigation. And these were federal prosecutors. You don't get to become a federal prosecutor by tripping and falling into the position. You earn it. And you also get to take, you know, the, these are the cases that you're you're arguing in, in, in federal court. And you had 
resignations. Everybody on the case resigned yeah. because when it does come time for sentencing, of which a judge gets to determine the Eventually sentence, gets to, but there you was get just the a guidelines and recommendations suggestion. from the prosecutors. And they follow the guidelines. They follow the sentencing guidelines. And yeah, you go nine years. That seems hard. It's between seven and nine years. But they followed the guidelines. Those prosecutors said, we cannot stand in front no. of this judge and echo what the DOJ is saying, that we should lessen these guidelines. This is not the policy. This is not the case that we fought. And if this is what the DOJ wants to do, they need to stand before the judge and explain why they think that this is the right thing. It's going to be interesting to see what that judge decides to do. Because the judge could make up his own. He, at the end of the day, she. he can do... She? I think it's sorry. She. She, could, she could decide. The sentencing guideline is just that. This is a guideline. They could say, I've seen your guideline, and I throw it out the window. Either one. Or? Stick with the seven to, to nine. Free. Yeah. See how uh, afraid of a mean tweet from Trump the judge is? Because that's basically what it's come down to, is fear of tweets. That's how we run a government and apparently a justice department now. How much money did you spend on your pet for Valentine's Day? And are you confident enough in your purchase to tell us about it? 602-227-33. We're going to find out. Get to the bottom of this coming up next. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day, allegedly, Pamela. Oh, not allegedly. It is. So you have plans, huh? (laughs) (laughs) When you say allegedly, that means that you got some plans. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, You know what I don't have plans for? What's that? To get a Valentine's gift, dress up, or decorate for my pet. You don't have a pet. That's a solid reason. Okay, okay? so why would you? Right do, off the bat. That would be super creepy it if would. you decorated for an imaginary up another, pet. well, even another person. Or somebody pet. else's pet. Yeah, don't. Like I just went stay to. Stay away from Bob. The, the dog. next door neighbor has a basset hound. I love basset hounds. It's okay. So yeah. So should I, for instance, should I get a heart shaped dog dish for the neighbor's dog? Only reason I bring that up is because you people, and yes, I'm looking at you. Spend nearly $2 billion a year on your pets for Valentine's Day. Yeah, you know, I'm not one of those people. Okay, so Bob, no. Bob's not getting anything. Bob the dog isn't getting anything. There's He's no- getting hugs and belly rubs as he gets them every day. 365 days a year. Uh, every day is Valentine's dog. Day for Bob You know dog. what? He's a lucky poochie pooch. <laughs> that is for sure. Right. But this isn't in my wheelhouse. I'm not going to judge those who it is, though. Oh, I am. Don't worry. I'm over here judging. This my, is judging Judgerton. My sister and I go round and round on this all the time. Really? I think she, her dog, uh, Sydney, named after Sydney Crosby. Okay. Yeah. Her, her former dog was Nittany because she went to Penn State. Penn State, Nittany Lion. You can kind of see where we're going I'm, with this. I'm Sydney is the most spoiled dog on this planet. The dog has probably, no joke, 20 different dog collars because whatever holiday it is, it has the dog has a collar to match and has, gets like a bark box every month. No joke, this dog whoa, travels. Whoa, 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 hold on, what's a bark box? Uh, you ever like Stitch Fix or, you know, one of these like subscription services where you get like a box. Like goodies? That, yes, the dog gets toys and treats delivered to the house once a month. 
I told you it's a spoiled. I'm, ju- I, yeah. I'm judging you. It, it's I'm a very foo-foo kind right of dog. But Sydney. you know what? My my sister is is single, doesn't have kids. Like the the dog is gets all the attention. Absolutely. So to each their own. Now that's not how it works in my house. Yeah. You know, Bob's not Bob's not getting anything tomorrow except yeah. to get hugs and tell tell me rubs. So the two billion on Valentine's, if you got it and you want to spoil your pet, go for it. I would venture to say the uh, this the is a new category though. This is a new category. New when people did when we were growing up, no. people did not spend that kind of money on a holiday on your pet. No. I had dogs growing up. The neighbors had dogs. I had cats. This we, this is not something anybody I knew ever did. Uh, Patches, our mutt growing up, oh. I would try to dress up for Halloween. <laughs> she didn't like it very no, much. She'd sit there and rip all the uh, things off. Yeah, mom and dad would sit back and laugh. Yeah. And but, somehow we've domesticated pets now to the point that they're okay being dressed up for this? Well, you know what? You dress them up anyway. I don't dress up animals. In Good fact, I you. try to rescue uh, Sydney when my sister dresses her up. <laughs> no joke. Sydney, look at the look oh, on Sydney's face. Sydney no, does not like no, this outfit. Get that, you look like a deranged Easter bunny. Yeah. But, you know, okay, I think your return on investment, if you're spending money this Valentine's Day, well, I think you're probably going to get a little bit more return on your investment if you do it for a loved one. Hey, Cupid, Valentine's Day is Friday. Saved your money to do something nice for your sweetie? Around $50 is what the average person spends on a gift. Some people up to $100. WalletHub analyst Jill Gonzalez says that means most people will get roses or chocolates or champagne. Probably not all three. And some people, well, they're just not feeling too romantic at all this year. Around a third of us are not spending anything on a Valentine's Day gift. But it is a thought that counts, right? Yeah, it depends. <laughs> yeah. It depends if you've been thoughtful the rest of the year I, uh, or not I as to whether or not it matters on Valentine's Day. I'm going to, yeah, pro tip here uh, for, for you guys out there. If you think, quote, it doesn't matter, it does. Yeah, it does. And by the way, if she tells you, I don't want anything, that's not what she, Steve, that's not what she meant. She goes, oh, no, I, I don't need anything. I don't want anything. You better be planning right now. And Something you, small. It doesn't have to be lavish. But like, just an acknowledgement. Like a, a heartfelt card is nice, great. isn't it? Yeah, but if you're just going to treat it like any other day, yeah. because we celebrate 364 no, days out of the year. No, you don't. Even a handwritten note. It, it doesn't have to be $50, $100. It's the acknowledgement of the love. Okay. And I think that that goes a long taking way. Taking notes here. Hold on. Yeah, okay, good, good. Keep taking notes. Acknowledgement of the love. It's a good thing. It's yeah. a good thing. And spending yeah. some time together tomorrow, you know, because life gets busy as well. Okay. So just focusing on one another. It's a good thing. Huh? We're not going out tomorrow night. You're not doing no, it. No, no. I. Is this married life? No, it's not married life. It's kind of like the season I'm in right now. I just don't feel like going out during Valentine's <laughs> Day this Yeah, exactly. I don't go out in February's. Not in February. I don't. Here's the thing. I know getting a you need a reservation if you're going to go out on Valentine's yeah, Day. Let alone already a Friday night. Let alone a Friday yeah, night. Yeah, right. It's, it's it's packed. And which means you've got you've got to be planning this a month in advance. Okay. Because I'm you know I'm I'm not going to want to go to Denny's if it's it's for Valentine's okay, Day. No you, disrespect you are, to Denny's. You are you are accepting the responsibility for this. I thought it was Chris's job to make the reservations for dinner. Don't even get me started. Okay. All right. I didn't mean to start a fight, Chris. I was not trying to throw you under the bus here. But Pamela's talking about, you know, you got to make a reservation. I go, when are you making the reservations? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you know what he says to me this week? And he's, he's fantastic. Love him to death. But it was like Monday or Tuesday. What is today? Thursday? 
Today yeah. is Thursday. It was Monday or Tuesday. He's like, so Valentine's Day, Friday, you know, what are you thinking? What are you and, thinking? And I'm not in the mood for going out anyway, so I'm not really faulting him for it. But it was kind of like, if I was in the mood, yeah, probably should have talked about this a little bit sooner. Question. Yeah. Is, 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 do you have the same attitude like anniversary? No. No. Anniversary is different. Anniversary, you got to plan. And you expect him to plan. So well, we you, have discussions. Yeah, I right. mean, it's not just like I'm just trying to understand where the line is. I'm, I'm, I'm. It's blurry. It is. It's blurry. I yeah. need black and white. Well, I, no, because I, sometimes if you leave it in the gray, I'm gonna, I'm gonna screw it up. Well, you can own it. You can most definitely own it. But yeah. I like things being ran past me. <laughs> hey, what do you think about this? Or think about this? Or think oh, I like this? Okay, now go do it. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> anniversaries because that's our date okay okay and it's it's what you know is special to us as a couple Got it. not everybody valentine's else. day you know is is a day that, that comes along for everybody all right so tomorrow we're just we're gonna be you know hanging out at home with riley well good luck and and and, and i do think that one of the things is important to acknowledge and we've yeah, actually seen yeah. some some research behind this that people your your Facebook feed is going to be full of people who, dare I say, are more romantic than your significant other. <laughs> right? Yep. And you are going to be judging your relationship based on what they got, what they did, Don't the weekend that. away. Don't do that. And you'll be disappointed. My point is you'll be disappointed on some level. And keep in mind that a lot of what people put out there, you know... It's what you don't it's all see? filters. Okay. It's, it's all Snapchat filters. What what you don't see is like you see the romantic dinner with you know the candlelight and the bottle of wine. Yeah. What you don't see is the fight that took place in the car on the way to the restaurant because he was late. Right. And, you know what I mean? You just see what people want you to see. Just keep that in mind tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You were looking at the waiter again, weren't you? That's it. Check. Has this happened to you? Never in my life. Never in your life. No. Okay. You just that was just way too high, easy. I'm for honestly you. not that high strung. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not when you're bringing me food. Okay, listen, honey, you can leave, but there's dessert. I gotta eat. I mean, guys gotta eat. To be honest, I've, I've made it all the way here. I'm staying. Might be one of the reasons, though. Valentine's Day in general, or Singles Awareness Day. There you go. You might think we're going to hang in a handbasket. Pamela says she can restore your faith in humanity. That's coming up next. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. I think it's a fair question to ask. What is it that you expect or want from school resource officers here in Arizona? That debate is happening at the state capitol as a bill is there that would require SROs to all go through some very specific training, training that is voluntary right now and it would become mandatory to be an SRO, which deals with things like de-escalation and how to deal with people with mental health issues. I don't think that this is a bad idea. Uh, This bill mandates this kind of training and also allocates the money to cover the cost of training. So it's not putting it on the schools. Correct. And there are unique challenges dealing with junior high, high schoolers than, say, 30, 40 year olds. And, and you would say you would deal with them differently. Absolutely. In in a school setting yeah. versus at a Cardinals game. Or on a street corner. Sure. I just see this as actually giving resources to school resource officers another tool in their toolbox. I don't see this as punitive. I don't see this as no. bad. I well, see this as a very positive thing. Well, so and it's would, not blaming them. 
Uh, oh, the idea no, is not no, no, that no. you're doing it wrong. Well, some there have. are there are instances. <laughs> yes. Well, that's the point. There are some instances of SROs here in Arizona and around the country who. When you look back on it, the question becomes, well, is that what you expect an SRO to do with a middle schooler, a high schooler, uh, an elementary school kid? And I've used the argument in the past that if you're going to minus any training, minus a acknowledgement of a different setting, if you're just going to put a police officer in a school... They're going to treat people like suspects. They're going to use police tactics to deal with, quote, criminals. And is, is that what you're is that the expectation or are they there to keep the school safe, which I think a lot of people would argue they're there looking for external f- threats and they're not there to tase people when they're fighting in the hallway? Yeah, I mean, I, I believe that a school resource officer is, is there to help and protect. Mm-hmm. There are situations that unfold on, on a high school campus today that we never had to consider. Fair. You know, you look at the schools that have metal detectors. You look at the schools that have been fortified with fencing all around them. My high school, my elementary school, my middle, they didn't have that kind of stuff. But we didn't even we didn't, have a, f- my elementary school didn't have a fence. But uh, neither did mine. But by that token as well, we weren't talking about Columbine no, or Newtown no, right. or Sandy Hook or well, it's Any Newtown right. or Stoneman Douglas, and the fact that I can just you know rattle those off yeah. for you, uh, Santa Clarita, it, it, it is problematic, and I think it just goes to show how times have changed. But I mean, the question becomes, what is their role? And their role is to to help and and protect. I wanted. I just wanted to be clear. I don't want to put. I have two concerns. I don't want to put officers in a position where their mission is not clear as to what they're expected to do there. And I think that needs to be. And I think the is legislature mission not clear right now. Or do you just have some school resource officers that are making bad choices? Are they exception or is it the norm? And I don't know the answer to that. I think it's that. the exception. So I think you you spell it out. And conversely. Um, I think that the students and administrators should also be very, very clear on what the role of this school resource officer is. There needs to be there needs to be an agreement on what you're here to do, what the expectations are. Thank you very Mm -hmm. much. Right. Still might be one of the reasons why you think we're going to heck in a handbasket. Pamela says she can restore your faith in humanity. Yeah, I got the warm fuzzies with this one. You've got a new dad, Dustin, and his wife that took their new baby on a plane ride. Right? They were on a flight, eight days old. Oof. Why would you take an eight-day-old baby legal? on a plane? <laughs> well, the couple had adopted the child. Oh. And the, the, the child was born in Colorado, yet they live in California. So as they got on the plane, they're brand new parents, right? They got an eight-day-old. They just met. They're taking it on a plane. You can imagine the anxiety that's going through them sure. right now. Apologizing to people around them as they get on the sorry, flight. Sorry, sorry, and sorry. the little baby girl, uh, halfway through the flight, decided to let mom and dad know that uh, she needed to be changed, right? Start screaming. <laughs> the, That's how they let you know? <laughs> they let you know. And the flight attendant actually cleared off an area in the back of the plane to let them change the, the little oh, girl. Okay. And they explained the situation. Yeah, I apologize. We just got her. We adopted her. The flight attendant gets on the intercom Attention. and Attention welcomes, 
one of their their new passengers and tells everybody about the situation of the the special guest on their flight. The entire cabin erupted into Yay. cheers and applause, and the flight attendant uh, said the crew was going to pass around pens and napkins so fellow passengers could write down their own advice of encouragement for the new parents. Oh, I think that's kind of cool. At the end of it, they had 60 napkins, all with words sure. like, you know, rub each other's feet and rub the baby's feet. <laughs> Make time for date night. Always tell her that you love her. And it was just like this impromptu baby yeah. shower, and everybody was congratulating them and helping them start their new like life that. together as a family. I like that. Isn't that awesome? And you know that I'm a bit of a baby whisperer. And so on flights, you do not mean to be scared if you have a baby in my row. Because you can set the baby right there. I'll be baby whisperer. And we'll have... I did... Last night at the Bat Cave, I... we had a show and I had a, a nine-month-old who was crying. Until I had a conversation with her. She was... had a conversation. Absolutely. I told her it was Wednesday. There was no crying on Wednesdays. I said, I don't know if you knew this work? or not. But she stopped. Oh, okay. And I'm like, maybe... Bruce the Baby Whisperer. Those are words I don't think I ever would put maybe together Maybe you haven't been told. It's Wednesday. There's no crying on Wednesday. So, I mean, if you just wrap this thing up, we can move on. I'm the Baby Whisperer. Hey, thank you for spending time with us today. We appreciate it. We looked through the double pain bulletproof glass. We've got DJ Tommy Two-Tone, Super Producer Stevie Z, and Bob McClay.